0: Open your Bibles today, the book of Exodus chapter 20. And we are going to continue in our series that we started recently called The Teacher. Where we are looking at the famous teachings that God gave His people in the Old Testament. Known as... The Ten Commandments, and we talked about early in the introduction of this series how the Ten Commandments have played such a huge role in the development of Western civilization, even in our own uh, laws here in the United States, and just how uh, beautiful that they are, but also how valuable that they continue to be inside of god 's redemptive history. Today, the Bible makes it clear that the law of God is intended to teach us about God, to teach us about His design for humanity, and to teach us about sin, to show us when we step off of the path. And so, I'm gonna, one of the things that we've said we want to do each week is to read these commands aloud to kind of get them in our soul. And so, I'm going to invite you this morning to stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's Word. And if you can't physically stand you feel free to reverence the word of God there from your hearts. But Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 1, says, Then God spoke all of these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or on the water underneath the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the Sabbath day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or your female servant or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor." You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or your his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I ask, truly, O oh Lord, God, I believe that you have a word for your people today. And God, I pray that you would speak. God, as we talk today, Lord, about giving you the time that you so rightfully deserve, God, I pray, Lord, that you would Lead us, Holy Spirit, in your truth. Speak to us today. And I pray, would you put your words in my mouth for your name and glory. Strengthen me, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, systematically, we've been working over the last several weeks, going through these commands. And this morning, we come to the fourth commandment, which can be found in verse 8, that says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now when we mention the word Sabbath or Shabbat as it is mentioned and as it's written in the Hebrew, the majority of Christians either don't know what it is or they don't exactly know what it is or how it applies to us today. And if you're to ask a, the secular culture today, uh, what is the Sabbath, they're very likely to get it completely confused. Uh, if you ask the secular culture today what the Sabbath is, uh, then those who are hard rock fans will probably refer you to a band that played in the 70s and the 80s, uh, that their lead singer was Ozzy Osbourne. And so, you know, that may be the case. Also, if you were to ask, uh, what is the Sabbath to the Gen Z or millennials, they would likely say that the Sabbath is some sort. Si- sort of new bath soaps or essential oils, you know. But when we talk about what is the Sabbath, we do need to understand that it is part of the Ten Commandments and it's something that God wants us to know and it's important to us today. So what we've been doing in this series, we've been answering two major questions in each of these commandments. So we're just going to jump right in uh, this morning. And our first question that we need to answer today is, what does the commandment to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy mean? So what, 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 is it, what, what do we need to understand everything that's going on in this commandment? And so let me give you a few brief facts to help us understand this commandment. Fact number one is that the commandment to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy comes in three important Now if you look at the Ten Commandments, this is actually the longest of the Ten Commandments. It has the most space, the most number of words going into the commandment and also the explanation of the commandment. And it's actually broken down into three different parts. And so let me me give those to you this morning. The first part of the Fourth Commandment comes in verse 8 with the commandment itself. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. This is the crux of this commandment. This is the command. This is the call to action. Everything that's said after this basically helps us understand more of the command. But the command itself is to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Now, there's a, some words there that we need to, to really pay attention to. First, the part of that command, it starts off with the word Remember. Now, when we talk about remembering something, we're usually talking about it in a cognitive sense. In a sense of don't forget something means to remember something. But in the Hebrew language, the word remember means to keep or to observe without lapse. The word remember is a call to action. It's a call to keep something. Now, this is important to know because the term Sabbath, and we'll talk about this in a moment, to Sabbath does bring to mind an idea of inactivity, an idea of resting. But we need to understand that from the very beginning here, the call to keep the Sabbath, to remember the Sabbath, is to call to action. And we understand this in our lives today. To intentionally take time to rest is not something that you can just do. It's something that you have to put effort in to do. You have to plan to rest. And so this commandment starts off with a call To action. And then we need to see the word itself. The word Sabbath. The word Sabbath means to cease or to rest. As you can see in the next few verses. The Sabbath day was intended to be a day. In which the people of God ceased from normal activity. And set aside a day of rest and inactivity. Now they were not just relaxing. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Was not God saying, hey, go kick your feet up and have a good day. It was a call to rest but also to focus on God. And you got to think about in the agrarian culture of the ancient world, the farming culture of that day, there would always be something that needed to be done. This is true in our lives today. There's, you never have a hard time filling up your schedule with things to do. We have a hard time clearing our schedule. The, the idea here was by God calling his people to set aside one day of rest, he was essentially reminding them that they were not to be a people that were dependent on their own work or effort, but rather that they were, while they were called to be people who worked hard, they were primarily to be a people who trusted in God. Now, we need to understand this, that God's call to Sabbath was not an indictment against work. God doesn't have a problem with work. God designed work. It's part of who we are. I had a pastor friend of mine used to say that uh, one of the best friends that you could ever know is a a, a guy's name who is Manuel Labor. And it's a good guy to know. And everybody needs to know him at one point in their lives. it's true. God called us to work. We see it even before sin entered the world. But the Sabbath day was a reminder that while we're called to work, primarily we are called to worship. In fact... The first time that you see God calling the people to Sabbath is not here in Exodus 20. It's prior to that in Exodus 16. When God starts raining down bread from heaven on them while they're wandering in the wilderness on the way to the promised land. You remember when manna started coming down from heaven. And they were to go out every day to bring in just enough bread, just enough manna for that day. If they brought in any extra, it would rot. But on the day before the Sabbath they were to gather twice as much and it would last for two days. And the whole reason that God was doing that was he was teaching his people very early on to trust him. And that's basically what God is doing here with the weekly Sabbath. We're a people who can very easily put ourselves as the most important person in our world and let God play a distant second, if at all. But what God was telling his people here is that by you taking a Sabbath day, what you're saying is is that you can do more with God in six days than you can do in seven days without Him. And so it was a call to trust Him. And then the last word that you need to see is the word to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. The word holy means to be set apart. The Sabbath day was to be a day in our week that was unlike the rest of our week. It was supposed to be a special day with God at the center. So this is the first part of this command. The second part of the fourth commandment comes in verses 9 through 11, which is uh, God giving the specifics of how the people were to keep the commandment. It says, six days you shall labor and do all of your work. See, there's God affirming work. But the Sabbath day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or your female servant or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. Now the explanation of the Sabbath is pretty straightforward here. Uh, six days they were to work, but on the seventh day they were to do no work. The, the command is given not just to the heads of the households, but to everyone among their community. The idea was that the Sabbath day was be a day that the busyness of the community would all settle to a reverent calm as everyone would rest and focus on the Lord. Can you imagine how beautiful that really would have been? Have had a day where everything just kind of quieted down. Y'all remember the Andy Griffith episode where the pastor preached on rest and, and they were spent the whole rest of the afternoon working so hard trying to rest and they were so worn out at the end of the day that the pastor came by and said, I'm so glad y'all are taking my message to heart. And Opie spoke up and said, We're not taking it to heart, we're pooped, you know. <laughs> but there is something special about having a day to rest. There's also something that we need to recognize here was that God took something that was so foundational to who they are, working. And He of all the ways that God could have given a built-in day of the week, a built-in regular rhythm to focus on him, he said, take a day off of work. And why is that? Because work is so foundational to who we are. You will spend the majority of your life doing work at work than you do anything else. Think about this. You will work more in your life than anything else. And and so why does God take that to ultimately take a day away from that? Because He knew that it was the most disruptive thing to our life. For God to take a day out of the work week away from us, it was intended to disrupt our schedules. It was intended to let God be the first and foremost. It was Him saying, I should be the priority of your lives. And God does take this seriously. We see in Numbers chapter 15, that when he he makes this statement there, you shall not do any work, it's a command. In Numbers 15, there's a story of a man who goes out to gather up sticks on the Sabbath while everyone in the community is watching on. He's out working, and God commanded his people to go and stone this man because he was living in defiance against God. Now, that might seem pretty extreme, but it was God setting a standard among his people. But we also need to remember that the Sabbath was never intended to enslave God's people. It was intended to be taken seriously, but it was never intended to enslave God's people. If you fast forward from this moment in time, about 1500 years to the time of Jesus, you see the Jewish religious leaders had basically now made the Sabbath into a curse for God's people, it was no longer a blessing of rest, but it was something that had become so legalistic, so stressful, that it was a miserable thing for God's people. The Jewish religious leaders would basically try to define what work really meant. You shall do no work. Well, what does that mean? So they started to write down lists of rules in a Jewish writing known as the Talmud. And there were hundreds of these rules where they were calling God's people to do this to observe the Sabbath. Now remember, these were not God's words. These were man's words, but they were being taken as though God had said them. And they were ridiculous rules. Like they would define how much food you could lift from your table to your mouth and it not be considered work. Let me say this. I'm guilty as soon as they write that because when I sit down at a table, I've come to go to work, okay? They would define how far you could walk from one place to another and it not be considered work. They even outlawed Taking a bath on the Sabbath for fear that water would splash out of the tub onto the ground and to wipe it up would be work. This was never intended to be God's design. They were robbing God's people of the joy of obeying Him. John MacArthur spoke about this saying, The Sabbath had become anything but a time of rest. It had become a time of oppressive frustration and anxiety. And in fact, and in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, Jesus rebuked the religious leaders, telling them that they had missed the mark here, telling them that the Sabbath was intended to be a gift to man from God. It says the Sabbath was not made for man and man for the Sabbath. Basically, the idea was he was saying the Sabbath was a gift for man. Man was not created to serve the Sabbath. So while we see the Sabbath was a command that God's people were to take seriously. He never intended it to be a curse for them. There's a balance here in that, yes, you don't need to be the man in Numbers 15 who was just flippantly, irreverently disregarding the Sabbath. He just walking around picking up sticks and doing his own thing in front of the whole community and disregarding the Sabbath. But you were also never intended to be what the Jewish religious leaders had made it in Jesus' day where it was a legalistic thing that was a burden to the people of God. And this is something that's important to know here. There's a reason why God in Exodus 20 verses 8 through 10 gives enough direction that they shall not work. They should keep the day holy. There's enough direction there so the people of God can keep the Sabbath. But there's also enough vagueness there, there's enough openness there so that each person could personally determine how to honor God in this because it was intended to be between them and the Lord. And then the third and final part of the fourth commandment comes in verse 11, which basically gives the reason why God calls His people to keep the Sabbath. Verse 11 says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, here in this verse, as he's wrapping up this command, he basically points them to a picture that God gives in creation. Remember, verse 8 is the command: remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And verses 9 uh, and 10, there, he gives them the, the picture of what it means to not work and how to honor the Lord and that. And then he wraps it up with this picture: says, Do you remember. How God created the heavens and the earth in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. He points them to a picture that God gave even at the beginning of creation of God taking a Sabbath. Now this is important to take a little time out here and ask this question. Why did God rest on the seventh day? Was it because he was tired? No. No. We know the Bible makes it clear that God is the one true God of all strength and power. That he, The Bible says He never slumbers nor sleeps. So why did He rest on the seventh day? And the truth is, God rested on the seventh day as a means to set an example for all creation to one day follow. God didn't need to rest, but He was showing us how to rest. It's a similar way with Jesus getting baptized. Jesus didn't need to be baptized, but he was baptized to set an example for the world ultimately to follow. Verse 11 shows us that by the Lord resting on the seventh day, he made the Sabbath a holy day. He proclaimed it to the world. I want you to think about this for a moment, church. God was saying from the very beginning of creation, you, my creation, you, my people, will need a day to rest and refocus on me. And so that's kind of the walking through what this command looks like. So fact number two that we need to discuss today is that the commandment to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy is that it still has a place among God's people today. Now, this is an important topic today because many Christians have many differing views on the Sabbath. There are some Christians who just say that we should avoid the fourth commandment in general, that that was fulfilled in Jesus, and so we don't even have to think about that anymore. And then there's the other extreme where you've got those like their Seventh-day Adventists who they believe that the Sabbath should be kept in virtually the same way that the Jews did by observing it on Saturdays. And that's why the Seventh-day Adventists, they meet to worship on Saturday, which is the seventh day But the reality is is that we need to know what does this really mean for us this morning. And so let me give you a few truths today. First, I believe that keeping the Sabbath, that it still has a place among God's people because it is moral law. Now if you remember when we first started this series and we talked about the law of God and God giving His people the Ten Commandments, that was part of the Old Testament Mosaic Covenant, Basically, the promise and the relationship that God had with his people in the Old Testament. But we also talked about how once Jesus came and he established the new covenant in his blood, is that many of the things that the God's people were required to do in the Old Testament, they were fulfilled and done away with. Like the dietary restrictions. Praise the Lord that because Jesus came, not only does he forgive us of for our sin, we eat catfish this morning. You know, so that's some, there's some, a lot of things that are encouraging about that. The sacrificial system. We don't have to bring goats or lambs anymore to sacrifice before God because Jesus has been our one true sacrifice. But there were also things that were fulfilled in Jesus like the ceremonial law. And this were the certain uh, festivals and the certain uh, practices that the Jews had to keep in that day. But the reality is is that often the fourth commandment kind of gets roped in to being considered one of the ceremonial laws that are no longer requirements for Christians. The only problem with that is, is that the Ten Commandments are explicitly moral laws given to God's people to show us what is right and wrong in the eyes of God. They were covenant requirements In order for us to be in right relationship with God. And if we were to break any of these covenant requirements, it was a moral failure. And we said this a few weeks ago. The Ten Commandments, because they show us what is right and wrong, that right and wrong still stands today. There is no expiration date on God's standard of right and wrong. And in fact, in Romans chapter 7 verse 7, the Apostle Paul specifically talking about the Ten Commandments said this. Is the law sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I would not have come to know sin except through the law. So by looking at the Ten Commandments, it shows me that I'm a sinner and that ultimately I need Jesus. And that's why we're thankful for Him. They show us that we need a Savior. And the reality is is that All of these commandments show us that we need a Savior and there's no reason, no justifiable reason of why we could separate out the call, the command to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy as ceremonial. It is moral law. From the beginning of creation, think about this, before God even had the covenant with Israel and gave them the law, when God created the heavens and the earth, He gave us an example of resting on the seventh day to be followed. God was saying, you owe me a day to worship and focus me. So to not do that, what does that say to us? We are sinners in the eyes of God. Old Testament scholar Walter Kaiser Jr. spoke about the dual nature of the fourth commandment. He said, the Sabbath was moral in that it required a person to give a due portion of their time to be dedicated to the worship and service of God, but it was ceremonial in that it prescribed the seventh day. Essentially what he's saying here is that the requirement from God that each person should set aside a day of weekly worship and service unto God is a standard set by God, and to not do this, Is just as much sin as committing adultery, stealing or worshiping idols or anything else that we find in the law church. I want you to say, hear us this morning. Hear me this morning. I think we're missing this today. From the beginning of time, God said, you give me a day. I am worthy of it. And to not do that is to sin against God. Secondly, I believe that keeping the Sabbath still has a place among God's people because Jesus affirmed the rightful practice of the Sabbath. All throughout the New Testament, we see Jesus dealing with the issue of the Sabbath. He clarifies it. He, he kind of brings it back to its heart that it had been lost because of the Jewish religious leaders' teaching, but he never condemns it. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus speaks a lot about the Sabbath, but this is what he says. He says, for the Son of Man, speaking of himself is Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus basically says here that I am the one who has the power and authority to set the standard for what a right Sabbath before God looks like, but he doesn't discredit the Sabbath. Jesus would even go on to say that it was profitable to do good works on the Sabbath, but he never denied it. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, we mentioned this a minute ago, that Jesus affirmed that the Sabbath was a gift from God to man. He says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus had every opportunity to deny the Sabbath being a part of his new covenant, but he didn't. In fact, he celebrated it. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 19, Jesus said, "Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments, speaking of the law, and teaches others to do the same, shall be least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them shall be called great." in the kingdom of heaven. So again, Jesus affirms this principle of the Sabbath. And then thirdly, I believe that keeping the Sabbath still has a place among God's people because I believe that the early church affirmed the rightful practice of the Sabbath. If you look at early Christian church right after Jesus has ascended back to the Father, you see several realities that I believe are attempts for them to observe a Sabbath command, if not the Sabbath ceremony. Now remember the Old Testament scholar I quoted a few moments ago, Kaiser. He mentioned the dual nature of the fourth commandment. The commandment, he says, the moral law is to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But then he separated the ceremonial part of the law. The Old Testament practice of keeping on the seventh day was the part that was ceremonial. Basically what he's saying there is the command for Christians to re- have a day to rest and refocus on God. That is still a command. But the command to do that specifically on Saturday is something that is ceremonial, that now in Jesus, because Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, is that we can worship Him in spirit and truth, is what Scripture says. We can take a Sabbath day with Him when we choose in that aspect. Now, all throughout the book of Acts, you see these early Christians continuing to go to the Jewish synagogues to worship on the Sabbath, even preach Jesus on the Sabbath. But as the church began to grow. And as they began to reach more Gentiles, you can see that that started to shift. They started to shift to Sunday as a special day of worship and focusing on the Lord. And why is that? It's because Sunday was the day that Jesus rose from the grave. It was differentiating them from the Jews. You see this in Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Paul says, on the first day of the week, when we gathered together to break bread. They're now gathering on the first day of the week. Church family, I think what we need to recognize here is that while the early church gathered often, we also know that they at least gathered once a week. We shouldn't take it as a coincidence that the early church met at least weekly on the first day of the week and that God commanded at least one day a week to give special devotion and recognition to Him in the Sabbath. I believe that while the specialness of the Christians gathering on Sundays points to the resurrection of Jesus in the early church. I also believe that the specialness of the church gathering weekly points to the practice of a Sabbath. For Christians today, I believe that for many reasons, it's always best to try to arrange our Sabbath days on a day when you can gather with other believers, which for most of us would be Sundays. Now, I do not believe that we can go as far as to say that the early church made Sunday the new Sabbath because God hasn't called them to that specific day. I believe that the Scripture makes it very clear that God has commanded Christians to gather, and I think that we still have the command to take a Sabbath. And I believe that for most of us, it works out best to do both of those on Sunday. What we need to see here in this text is that God's command for us to take a day to Sabbath is still absolutely applicable to us this morning. So, which brings us to our second question this morning that we need to answer very quickly is, what is the commandment to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy teach us today? Now, you, you may be sitting there saying, Pastor Zach, you just talked about a whole lot that I have no idea what you're talking about. I went way over my head. I get that. Hey, let me bring it down to where we live here just for a moment, what does it mean for us today to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy? Let me give you a few truths. First, I believe that the command to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy teaches us about God and that God demands regular attention. Now, the observance, I believe, of the Sabbath looks different in the Old Testament than it did in the New Testament. But one of the things that we regularly see in both is that God demands regular attention and while I believe absolutely, we as believers, you I, I, should meet with God personally every day. I do believe that it is from the beginning of creation that God has it in his heart for his creatures, for his creation, for us to set aside a day, a special day of resting and refocusing on him. I believe that God still calls us to a day, a Sabbath day of rest and worship of him. Now, I don't believe that means that you can't go to lunch after church on Sunday. And I don't believe that that means that you can't play a fun game with your kid on whatever Saturday or whatever Sunday or whatever Sabbath day you choose. I believe that Jesus said it's profitable for you to do good on the Sabbath. But what I do believe is that God is calling us to set aside a day that is unlike any other day in our week, a day that is devoted to God say, Pastor Zach, how do we do that in our world today? Because the reality is our world gets faster and faster and busier and busier. Let me give you just a few hints I think that can help. I believe that if we want to give God regular attention, we need to prepare for a Sabbath. You know, one of the things that had to happen in the Old Testament... For them to be able to take a Sabbath, they had to, on Friday, the day before, they had to feed their animals extra. They had to double up. They had to make, they had to work to remember. They had to keep, they had to apply action to being able to rest. And the same is true for us today. Whatever day that you choose to Sabbath on, know this. And if it is Sunday, and I believe that's probably the majority of us as Christians, that's a good day to do that. Uh, one of the things that I would see there and I would, I would call us to is that going to church on Sunday, be, letting Sunday be a day of worship and rest under the Lord, it is not a Saturday night decision. It is something that you must prepare for. It's something that has to be special. Know this this morning. This organization is not an excuse for lack of devotion. Also, if we want to give God regular attention, we need to prioritize a Sabbath. It, it has to matter to us you remember the man in Numbers 15 we talked about who was stoned for picking up sticks on the Sabbath? What was his real crime in that was that he gave no value to the Sabbath. Everybody's walking on, and he's out picking up sticks. He's not rescuing his child from falling in a well. He's not taking up a sword to defend his family against an attack. He's just picking up sticks. It's something he could have done the day before or something that could have waited until the next day. And the reality is, church, how many of us in this room, we miss Sabbath days because we value other things and sadly, even lesser things over giving God a day. We value our kids' sports. We value our hobbies. We value even sleeping in. And the truth is that we will never receive anything as good in trading out what God has called us to by taking up something else. God's way is always best. You will rest better in God than you ever can doing anything else. And Let me say this to you this morning, church. Parents, if meeting with God and giving God a day, if it's just casual to you, it will be inconvenient to your children. And then finally, if we want to give God regular attention, we need to pray about the Sabbath. Friends, I I realize that taking a Sabbath day can be extremely difficult for people. Especially for people, there are those who have legitimate reasons. There are those who have to work seven days a week. And if they don't commit to work seven days a week, their job is in jeopardy. Some people can't give God a day because they're caring for sick loved ones. And let me say this on the front end, is that Jesus is a God of grace. We don't have to be legalistic about Sabbathing. We need to remember that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath and he is full of grace and mercy and understanding. So I want to say this to you this morning, that if you are struggling with Sabbathing, you can bring that struggle to God. You can say, Lord, help me. Help me to find the time. Help me to arrange my schedule. Help me in my job and these things to be able to take that time that I can devote to you because, Lord, you are worthy of it. Secondly, this commandment to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy teaches us that our default position is not to seek God. Think about this. The Lord built into creation a reminder for us to rest and refocus on God. And why is that? Because I believe God and His sovereignty knew that we were built to be a working people. We were built to be a busy people. We were built to be a people that God gave us imaginations and creativity and plans and gave us emotions about excitement and these things. God God built us in such a way that we were intended to to go. But these go-go attitudes can often cause us to avoid or to miss out on pausing and honoring God. It is not our natural inclination to stop and recognize God. And the reality is is that we need to. Our our, our natural default position is that when I've got struggles with my kids is that I rush in and try to deal with it my natural default position is that when I've got struggle in my finances is to rush in and deal with it my natural default position is when I've got struggles in my health or whatever that may be to to rush in and put my hands to it but the problem with that is is that we are missing out on the God who wants to walk with us in those things and who we desperately need so God gives us little reminders He gives us reminders like a Sabbath, which is intended to be His way of saying, You need me. And then finally, the command to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy teaches us that God knows that we need rest and we need to refocus on Him. Church family, I could preach an entire sermon today, our sermon series in our culture today on how we need to rest regularly. Psalms 127, verse 2, the psalmist spoke about how rest is a gift from God. He said, it is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors. For he gives to his beloved even in their sleep. Friends, one of the things that, that we're all recognizing here, and I think as our culture continues to speed up and get faster and faster, is that we were never intended to be a people who are always on who are always available, cell phones, the internet, work-from-home jobs, make it extremely hard for us to rest today. And Listen, I understand this. I'm a high idol person. But the reality is, is I was never designed to never pause and rest. Brother John Hemright used to tell me as a young pastor, you can burn the candle from both ends and get twice the light, but you also get twice the heat. Which means you can burn out real quick. God's call to Sabbath is a gift to His people. It is, call, it is a call to rest in Him. You know what's so incredible about the Ten Commandments? Again, we, we talked about how they show us God. But they also show us God's design. The reality is is that yes, they show us our sin, and we can never keep them perfectly, which means we're less than God's standard of holiness, which is we stand under judgment, which is why we need Jesus our Savior. But even attempting to keep the Ten Commandments as imperfectly as we would do that, do promise that our lives will turn out better because of it. You can totally not be a believer in Christ, but if you commit to not have adultery in your marriage, if you commit to not take things that are not yours, if you commit to not lying, if you commit to these things, then we see it. It just naturally works out. Your life will turn out better. And the same is true in resting. You can have no relationship with God whatsoever, but if you took a day, one day a week, just to rest, then you would be healthier for it. Science and medical doctors show this over and over and over again. Man, I I love the weather right now. It was so great to be able to walk across the street this morning and pray as I'm coming in the sanctuary and not feel like I'm swimming across the street in all the humidity. Listen, right now is such a great time to be able to just go out and go for a walk. To go and just... Take a moment and just pause and just rest and feel the the, the tension in your soul just kind of unwind a little bit. And listen, the reality is in our culture today, we need this. And we need to model this for the next generation. Parents and grandparents here this morning, our kids growing up with their faces down, always stimulated, always engaged. It is medical doctors are showing this to the detriment of their growth and their their mental and emotional health. We need to have a day where we put everything aside, we turn everything off, and we look up and we, we see people, we see faces, we see trees and just good things. This is a promise from God. It's a good thing. I'm going to ask our instrumentalists to come, and as they begin to make their way back up, I want to remind you of this: God is good to us, and He knows that we need rest. So He gave us the command for a Sabbath. Church family, I, I want to challenge you to begin looking at your week, to looking at your, look at your Sunday afternoons again. And God says it's it's good to, it's profitable to do good on Sundays. Hey, I work on Sundays. So resting doesn't mean that you're not always doing something. You may come to church on Sunday morning. You're working with kids or you're doing something. But when you leave service and you go home in the afternoons, you to take time to rest. To just slow things down a little bit. This is good. It's good for your soul. It's a gift from God. But I want you to know something else here. You can have the best day off in the world and still be missing something. God's command to Sabbath is not just a call to take a day off. It's a day to refocus on God. You can have the best vacation and still come home empty. You can have the best schedule, the best walk, the best Saturday of nothing but deer hunting and college football, whatever, whatever that may be for you. You can have a great day of rest and still feel like your soul Is not at ease. And why is that? Because you're ceasing. You're not working. But you're not worshiping either. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9. The writer of Hebrews is talking about Jesus. And this is what he uses Jesus as an illustration of a Sabbath. It says, so there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. He's saying, in Jesus, you can rest. What did Jesus tell us? He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Friends, this morning, again, you could leave here today, and if you didn't do anything but practically, just start Sabbathing. I believe you'd be better off for it. But you would never arrive at what God has for you. Until you really know him. Some of you this morning. Your life is so hectic. And your life is so busy. That you feel like you can't ever rest. And why is that? Because it all depends on you. But there's something about being able to lay your head on your pillow. There's something about being able to pull away from everything. And know that you are loved. Know that you have one who is higher and greater, who does not slumber, who does not sleep, who is your father, who is looking out over you. Then you can rest. There's something about knowing that even if I leave this world in death, that I will forever be with him in his presence because he has gone before me. There's something, there's a level of rest that you experience in your soul when you know that you've been forgiven, that you are loved, and that's what God offers today. Hear me this morning. God wants you to have a Sabbath, but even more than that he wants you to know a Savior. He wants you to know Jesus. So today how do you begin the Sabbath? I would say come and rest in Jesus. This morning friends if you're far from God and you don't know Jesus, then you'll never be able to truly rest in your soul. But today he offers that. He offers that because he came And died on the cross for the sin of the world. He took our restlessness. He took our brokenness on himself. And he forgave it in his blood. And now he offers to bring us into a relationship with the Father. And the Bible says it's a free gift. And all we have to do is receive him. Today some of you in this room are living life without him. Today receive Jesus. Call out to Jesus. Some of you today know I need a savior. Call out to him this morning. Pray a very simple prayer. Just say, Jesus, save me. He'll change your life right there where you are. And then some of you are believers, but you need to repent. God, I haven't been giving you the day that you so rightfully deserve that you set an example for me even at the beginning of time. So, Lord, help me to do that. Show me what that looks like in my life this morning we're going to ask you to stand here in just a moment and our pastors are going to be down front and we're going to have some ladies that will be down front also that that if you would like to be prayed for by a lady uh, if you're one of our ladies here this morning but if you're here today what we do at the conclusion of our service is we have a time of worship but it's also a time uh, a ministry time And so if you're here today and you say Pastor Zach I need to come know Jesus you feel free to come down we'd love to talk to you if you say I need to be prayed for just for a physical illness emotional thing just something else going on in your life we'd love to minister to you. That's what the church is. By the way, I had somebody come up to me right at the uh, uh, beginning of this first service. Was just We prayed for them several weeks ago, and they came in and said, Pastor Zach, I'm healed, man. The Lord's done a work in my life. And so, hey, you come this morning. We'd love to pray for you that God would step in and intervene. If you'd like to join this church, you feel free to come. But make this time, right there where you are, a time for you to meet with God. So I'm going to invite you to stand right there where you are. Lord, I pray, God, would you speak to your people. Help us to follow you. Lead us, oh Lord, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Come now if you need to come as our counselors come.